Welcome to the Heart-Centered Therapist Podcast, the podcast created for you, the therapist who leads with your heart and loves serving your clients. I'm Cindy Gozanski, your host. I know that being a heart-centered therapist is immensely rewarding and powerful and intensely challenging and difficult. We're on this journey together. My mission is to help you continue loving your work as a therapist, surviving being a therapist, and feeling more connected as a therapist. Welcome to episode one. Thank you so much for joining me. I know that you're passionate about being a therapist and leading from the heart. That's why you're here. You want to keep growing and developing so you don't get stagnant and burned out. You invest in yourself so you have more to bring to your clients. You desire to stay engaged and present with them. And sometimes this level of attunement means your head and your heart are working so hard. That's why I'm here too. I'm like you, intentionally sitting with our clients in their messiness, their joy, and their pain. And like you, I do this because it's part of my essence and integrity. We share this passion and this work. And that's why I'm just so grateful that we have an opportunity to come together and form a community here. Being heart-centered means that as therapists, we see our work as having a purpose. We believe our service has a purpose. This does not mean for a minute that the work we do isn't challenging or frustrating or overwhelming or make us feel sometimes like we are mired in the trenches. Other times we're immensely rewarded and buoyed up feeling so accomplished. We feel joyful and we love seeing the progress our clients make. But it is the whole range. And being a heart-centered therapist means that we come to our work embracing all of it. And we're leading with our hearts because you know that it is the seat of wisdom and empathy. The heart is that place. And it's the only way we're going to help our clients heal and become more in touch with themselves and for us to be touched by them as well. So here we are, the first episode, and I want to introduce myself. I'm Cindy Gozanski, just so you get to know me a little bit, and I can't wait to find out more about you, my listener, as we go forward. I'm excited to bring you some amazing guests, and we're going to have a mix of solo and guest episodes. But to start, I'll tell you a little bit. I'm a licensed clinical professional counselor. I've been a therapist for over 16 years. I live in Maine. I've been here a very long time, but I'm originally from Florida. So I'm a hot weather girl at heart. My master's is in clinical mental health counseling and rehabilitation counseling. And I started like many of you might have in community mental health, really doing grassroots type of therapy right in the heart of mental health needs for so many underserved folks. And I think it's some of the best experience one can ever get. If you have a chance to do some crisis work, it has really informed who I am. And during that time that I did this community mental health work, I was 
working as a mobile crisis worker. I worked also on the crisis hotline, nothing like working Saturday night shift on the crisis hotline. Shout out to my amazing colleagues that we still stay in touch on Facebook because that really bonds you. And I was also a clinical coordinator for the crisis room. And all along, I had a small private practice on the side, even if it was only a couple hours a night. It was a way for me to kind of have both worlds of experiencing private practice and also community mental health work. And I remember my first private practice office was just this crazy space. I had a friend who was a child speech pathologist, and she had an office which she was willing to sublet. So I went and saw her office and I'm like, oh, this is great. Except her therapy room was little kids tables and like tactile trays and the little kid PlayStation kitchen and tool chest. And I was like, oh no, what am I going to do? Well, turns out I used her waiting room as my office. So you see, it was an amazing experience because the clients didn't care. And it was such a good lesson for me between that kind of work around space and doing mobile crisis. I realized it matters less where you meet your clients and more how you show up. So as I continued my journey, I ended up doing more part-time private practice. I worked in university setting briefly. I did some EAP. And then I ended up having a full-time private practice. And for years, I was a solo practitioner, seeing lots of clients each week, taking insurance, including Medicaid, even doing home visits, seeing folks from all walks of life. I moved to different offices, trying to find my footing and also find my trainings and, and my people and what my specialty was gonna be. I did a two-year training in Gestalt therapy, which not too many people hear about these days. And more recently, I've done a lot of training in emotion-focused therapy, especially working with couples. So fast forward, I ended up doing some adjunct instructing at our local university, and I really, really enjoyed that. I'm a teacher at heart, and I even taught English way back in my early 20s. I went further with the adjunct instructing and kind of shifted to becoming a host site for master's level student interns. And I hosted these interns in my private practice and I still do that. I love doing this and I'm super passionate about therapist education. So it's a perfect match. Now I get to continue hosting master's level student interns. And I love this opportunity to give back to the community by providing pro bono or very low cost sessions to folks that otherwise, you know, are usually pretty underserved and don't have the opportunity. I'm truly passionate about making therapy and mental health services accessible to everyone. We need so much more movement in the world of mental health and suicide awareness and accessibility. It's a strong passion and platform of mine that I continue to really, really work hard to promote. So what's happening now? I'm currently still working as a therapist. I'm still seeing clients each week a mix of couples and individuals. I have also just started in the spring of 2022, a group practice. So I started in April and I have seven therapists in my group practice, as well as the student interns. And we are just loving the energy that a group of heart-centered therapists can really bring to each other and to the service that we do. 
we just had a training in the office and probably 12 therapists showed up plus our guest therapist who did a couple hour training and the energy was just so beautiful when you're all together and you're learning we were learning somatic body work and maybe I'll bring her on as a guest and we'll talk more about that and how you can bring more body mind to your practice even if that's not really what you specialize in so let's talk a little bit more about heart-centered therapy. What is heart-centered therapy? Why am I calling this podcast the Heart-Centered Therapist Podcast? What does it mean? What drives us? Well, I want to start with this beautiful quote. The greatest mind can never contain the wisdom of the simplest heart. I truly believe that this gets to some of the issues we have as therapists working in the field. We're so bombarded by different approaches, the newest theory, the newest model that we should adopt. How many of you have tried to get into an IFS certification training lately, right? An IFS is amazing, right? I wholeheartedly support it and it's fabulous. But sometimes there's just too much, so many demands on us to reach that perfect theory and approach and technique and what we're supposed to bring to our clients. And so I invite you to go back to this quote and feel the words, the mind cannot contain the wisdom of the simplest heart. It's pretty clear, right? Those of us who lead with our hearts, and of course, we're bringing in our current therapeutic approaches and models, but we start and we continue to serve ultimately with our heart. That's where the empathy comes. That's where our clients feel connected to us. You know, when you speak from your heart, people hear you. And think about it. It works the other way around, too. When our clients speak from their hearts, that's when we really hear them, right? All of a sudden, the session gets life. It gets energy. It's not boring anymore. We're so engaged and connected to them, just as they are with us when we lead from our hearts. We know research supports that the best therapists have the strongest relationships with their clients. It's it's relational. And relational also means heart-centered. Your gift as a therapist comes to life in the presence of other people. And so this is really, really important because we spend all day with people. We're really good with people and with the active listening that we do that requires so much of our intention and our presence with our clients. We're part of this mutual creation that happens because the client is there with us. But here's the thing, when they leave, we're still the therapist sitting in the chair. And who's there for us? Who is there for you? When you want to talk about something that happened in your day, when you get stuck with a client, when you just feel so frazzled and burnt out and hanging from a thread, That's what I want to create a space for you with this podcast, like a virtual community where you can come, you know, each week you're going to get support. You're going to get that feeling of a container with other community members who are like you and who also believe in serving and bringing your whole heart and your whole self into the session and knowing that you might be a little exhausted and a little worn out by the end. Instead of having no one to turn to, and I know that feeling of being a little crispy or, you know, just completely wiped out. I don't want to talk to anyone at the end of the day. 
instead of having no one to turn to, I want you to come here once a week to listen and get inspired. We're going to have all kinds of ways for you to engage and ask questions and really experience connection that I think is so lacking. It's really lacking for therapists, especially because most of us practice in relative isolation. Even if you're in a group practice or in a community agency, you're still in a little therapy room or plugged into a phone on a cubicle or something like that. And it hasn't gotten much better with telehealth. Some of us are even practicing in more isolation than before. So we need community and others who share our understanding of how we work and what we do. Others who get us, we need that more than ever. You see, I'm pretty, I'm pretty passionate about some of these issues. So my goal in this podcast is to offer support, self-care, help you build confidence, network, expand your clinical skills, and really even boost your spiritual growth, which I believe we absolutely need for our therapist human self. We're going to grow together, connect, and move into being even better therapists and better people. Sometimes I feel like as therapists, we constrain our humanness, our humanity, and we don't really get to share it with the world because we're always kind of holding things in, in order to be appropriate as therapists, in order to present the way we're taught to be very circumscribed and circumspect. But really, we need to share our humanity with the world. We deserve to have our strong therapist identity and also our strong human being identity. And so this gets to a framework that I really see as what the heart-centered therapist is all about. It's about someone who is embracing these three, let's call them states or buckets of being, belonging, and becoming. So those three, first is being, second, belonging, third, becoming, and they're not linear. So with this framework, this is what we address as a heart-centered therapist in terms of our own personal and professional growth. What is being? That is deepening your sense of who you are as a therapist and as a human being. It's really deepening that in terms of meaning, of an inner self, of something greater that you can be in touch with. There's a little of the spiritual in there. Being is also about the soul. Think about when you get so tired and exhausted, you might even feel like you have this soul exhaustion. So of course we want to help you with that. But for now, it's this notion that being is really deepening that sense of who you are. Belonging is the second state or bucket. And belonging is having a space, an intimate space to grow and have that permission to show up authentically as you are to feel like you connect with a community where you feel understood and supported. We can't always find that as therapists. I know and I've experienced that. In some groups or agencies, you might feel like you want to do consultation or supervision with somebody, but you're hesitant to really share one thing to bring up that issue. Because what if your supervisor thinks, mm, I don't know if he or she is competent, or maybe they're going to judge you, or maybe you don't feel safe with them in terms of how they'll see you, your skills, your capacity. It's not very straightforward. So belonging is really a challenge for therapists and especially a therapist who works from their heart with this empathy and this service mindset. 
sometimes we go a little bit out of the box and I'm definitely one of those therapists. So I see you and I know that maybe not every other therapist gets you. And that's why we're here to create a different sense of belonging. And the third stator bucket is becoming, trusting yourself and your intuition while being able to serve others from that place of confidence. To be able to really have attuned clinical expertise when you're working with somebody. Doesn't that feel great? This becoming is all about letting go of those gremlins of self-doubt, imposter syndrome, not feeling good enough, feeling inadequate, afraid you don't know enough, right? Instead, becoming is a way of trusting yourself and really learning, taking in that who you are, your essence, that's why the client is there. That's what the client wants. They want that active presence of your heart connecting with them and to know that you're real, to feel your emotional self, to see your emotions so that they in turn can be real and vulnerable. Where do they get that chance to have that experience or to be heard in that way? Where else? With a heart-centered therapist. So this is a framework that I see for us as heart-centered therapists. And what drives us is sometimes a little different than what drives other therapists. I think we've seen a lot of different things with social media from Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and there's a lot of curated therapist images out there. It's really hard. I experienced this myself. It's so hard to not get caught in the trap of comparing yourself to these curated, wonderful, fashionable, perfect looking therapist images. You know, it's like that great office, the curated Zoom backgrounds, the right style of clothes. Everything looks just right. And I'm here to tell you, and I know you've experienced this, that really that's not what our clients always want. We feel intimidated by looking at these images, and I imagine a client might too. So contrary to that, we really believe in trying to be ourselves. And this is what we want to do as a heart-centered therapist, and it's not easy because it requires us to be vulnerable. And also, we tend to meet with the most vulnerable clients. Isn't that the case? We will see people that other therapists won't see. We'll take that referral. And that's why I'm so glad you're here, because we're going to be able to look at all these different issues that some therapists never really address. Their practices or their work isn't cut of the same cloth. It's just different. And that's that's absolutely okay. So this is a podcast where I want you to see yourself here. You're someone who sees the good in people. You're someone who experiences your clients as profound, as interesting human beings, even when they're frustrating or annoying. And you're someone who believes that your service has a purpose. Here, we're going to find that community, and I'm going to find ways for you to feel connected as we go through this journey. As a heart-centered therapist, I just want you to imagine for a minute, what if you felt these things? Instead of feeling lonely and isolated, you felt you belonged to a community. Instead of experiencing imposter syndrome, you felt confident. Instead of feeling burned out, you felt well cared for. Instead of getting stuck with clients, you are competent and skilled and know what to do. Instead of feeling less present in your daily life, you feel engaged with your family and your friends. And instead of feeling frustrated with your calling to this service, it happens. 
you feel instead spiritually centered and capable from that heart and soul level. That, my friend, is the goal of this podcast, to be able to make these shifts, to help you make these shifts, just as I try to do the same. We are in this together. We're on the same journey. I want to share something with you. I used to always tell my students when I taught counseling skills at the university, I would tell them and encourage them to love their clients. And they would look at me like, what, who is this adjunct instructor? It doesn't make any sense. The rest of our professors are telling us not to love our clients. They're telling us to hold boundaries, to make sure we read them all of the exceptions to confidentiality, to make sure we're always checking in on their safety. And she's telling us to love our clients. Well, I heard this great quote from an amazing American athlete and runner, Meb Kaflesky. As an aside, I love running. I'm extremely slow right now, but running for me is what I try to do almost every day. It's so good for my mental health, for my nervous system, for my self-care. I just need it. I don't run very fast. I used to love to compete in local road races, and I think that's gone for now as I've aged, but who knows? Maybe if I can boost my self-care enough, I'll feel confident to go out and hop in a race again. We'll see, but I digress. Meb Kaflesky is the amazing American runner who won the Boston Marathon, the New York City Marathon, and the Olympic silver medal in the men's marathon. Only American to win all three. So someone asked him, what is your definition of love? And this is what he responded. Love is pursuing your passion, being kind to others, and being supportive of each other. And for me, this just resonates so much with what we do as therapists and how we define love for ourselves in our clients and our work. We work in the trenches with our clients with really difficult issues. And we also need a place to pursue our passion at the same time, whether it's advancing our clinical skills or affirming our therapist identity, creating a different space in the community. And I see that we have a chance to do this same thing when we take Meb Kaflesky's advice and pursue our passion as therapists, helping others, supporting mental health awareness, working with clients from our heart-centered approach, being kind to others, which includes ourselves. We neglect this too often. We need to be kind to ourselves as well as others, our family, our friends, our colleagues. And a lot of times we don't have much left to do that. So this is a challenge for us to embrace being kind. And then the last part is being supportive of each other. And that's what this podcast is meant to do, is to support you. And finding ways that we support ourselves in community is vitally important. So I think those are really key ingredients, pursuing our passion, being kind to others, and being supportive of each other. And it blends so beautifully with that concept the three-state framework of being, belonging, and becoming the heart-centered therapist framework. So here's what I think. You would not be listening to this podcast if you didn't want to be really great at what you do and really authentic while you're doing it and also happy. So let's do this together. I can't wait for our journey as heart-centered therapists. Thank you so much for being a part of it. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, I invite you to subscribe and leave a rating or review. 
It really helps other people find this podcast. Be sure to check out the show notes for all the links and resources mentioned. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.